When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another exciting episode of Star Wars Untold Stories, where your favorite writers from Entertainment Weekly go in-depth into all the activity in a galaxy far, far away. I'm critic Darren Franich, joined, as always, by the other half of my Force Dyad, editor-at-large, James Hibbard. James, how's it going? Uh, going pretty well. We are talking about Rise of the, of the Skywalker today, so we have assembled a full cabal of our own personal Knights of Ren to dive deep into the new movie. It's going to be all spoilers, everybody, so fair warning. Uh, joining me here on the West Coast, it's staff writer Devin Kogan. Hey, guys. And joining us from the East Coast via light speed skipping. <laughs> uh, maybe if he reaches his hand behind his back, he can hand us a lightsaber from across the country, force power. Staff writer, <laughs> Chancellor Agard. Chance, how's it going back there? It's going, it's going well. The rain's done, so I'm happy. Um, uh, the, the, the rain is done, uh, but the rainfall of critical opinion is about <laughs> to begin. Uh, guys, Rise of Skywalker, we've all seen it. I want to start with you, James. Broad thoughts mm. about the ninth movie in the Skywalker uh, slash Palpatine saga of <laughs> families who just can't get along until maybe they do get along. You know, I'm really glad I got to see this on Tuesday at a screening before reading a bunch of stories and tweets telling me how much I'm supposed to hate it. <laughs> because I've been reading a lot this morning and I've been thinking, man, I'm sure glad I didn't see that movie. Um, <laughs> it was all very like maximum Star Wars. It was like a trailer for itself. Uh, it's like, you like light speed, how about a bunch of light speeds? You like Star Destroyers, how about a thousand Star Destroyers that are also Death Stars? You know, you like lightsabers? Ray has two lightsabers now. It was like a fire hose of content, and along the way, my brain kept making objections to things not really making sense, but it sure wasn't boring, and the pleasure of what I was seeing and the characters and the emotion kind of kept a smile on my face pretty much the whole time. I thought the Ray Kylo stuff was great, which is perhaps the only thing it had in common with The Last Jedi, and ultimately, I feel like I need one or, or two or five more times to see it to because it's 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 a tough one to judge on one viewing. Um, no, it's not. But uh, I will get into that <laughs> later. Um, uh, Devin, uh, James was talking specifically about the kind of last Jedi angle into this movie, or rather, lack thereof for the most part. You joined us for a great chat about Last Jedi, a movie that I think you like more than I do. But I think there's a lot of fascinating stuff in Episode Eight. How did you feel about uh, Episode Nine as a movie and as kind of an ending to? this trilogy uh, leading out of Last Jedi. Well, you kind of get the sense that J.J. Abrams was not a big fan of The Last Jedi. Like, there's a <laughs> lot of stuff from that that gets sidelined or, or undone, even. Like, uh, Kelly Marie Tran's Rose Tico is completely sidelined. She gets, like, four lines. Um, there's even a line that's like, well, we could do, like, the Admiral Holdo maneuver, and they're like, that's a one in a million sh shot. We could never do that again. <laughs> like, just, it really does its best to sort of undo it. Overall, there are a lot of things in this movie I loved, absolutely love, 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 and there's a lot of things I really like that literally made me sit back in my in my chair and just go, Ugh, really, are we gonna do this? So 
but in the end, ultimately, it's a very weird movie. It's yes. an extremely bizarre movie, and it's kind of hard to... I, I'm, I'm with James. I'm going to need to see it a couple times to sort of wrap my head around it. Um, no, you don't. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I, 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 will say, I will say that uh, the thing that I enjoyed most about um, this movie is the kind of weirdness of it. Um, the presence of Emperor Palpatine as a kind of um, zombie from Game of Thrones version of himself being carried around for most of the movie on like an industrial arm in the middle of an arena. Um, that's a little bit more the kind of space fantasy aspect of Star Wars that I feel like we actually haven't seen in, in, in this franchise um, lately. So, you know, that stuff is goofy as hell and I enjoyed bits of it. Um, but uh, this is definitely a movie that I did not enjoy. Chance, you joined us for our chat about Revenge of the Sith. Uh, a movie that actually leads in in some pretty interesting ways to uh, this movie, not least because this movie is Palpatine as hell. Um, how'd you feel uh, about this movie? Are you kind of with James and Devin on the love some stuff, didn't like other stuff? Um, or are you going to join me on the secret planet of Sith hatred, <laughs> which is apparently um, where I live? <laughs> I, uh, I'll start by saying I have tickets to see it tomorrow night. And I'm considering it not going again, so definitely, <laughs> so definitely on that side of things. Um, but I, uh, the Palpatine stuff, I found very annoying, um, especially because, as you pointed out, Render the Sith implies that uh, Palpatine created Anakin using the Force, and yet in this movie, they're like, "Oh no, grandchild!" Instead of just like, like apparently JJ loved that scene only to extent that it's good in that movie but didn't want to apply that logic to, to the own movie he was making. Well, I, but, but, but I will say the, the apparent subtextual incest between Kylo Ren and, uh, and Rey Palpatine is another kind of cool slash weird part of this movie. It's very Star um, Wars. It's, 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 it's very Star yes. Wars. It, it owns the incest. Um, but uh, let's talk about, I mean, I, I think the big twist central piece of the movie that is sort of the day one talking point is the revelation, uh, as you were saying, that Rey is in fact the granddaughter of of Emperor Palpatine. Um, this is this, this, this is something that I know has kind of been in the air so much kind of ever since it was even suggested that the character played by Daisy Ridley could be related to someone. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, it's a topic we've discussed quite a bit. James, how do you feel about both um, how this twist plays into the movie, what it means for Rey as the kind of hero of the movie, and just more broadly the idea of like connecting her so strongly to that piece of, of Star Wars lore. Well, as we discussed last week about Last Jedi, I really like the idea of the parents come from nowhere idea. Um, I do think having decided to go in this direction, they try to wring as much drama as they can from it. I mean, ultimately the whole movie seems to become about uh, become about that to some extent. And it just kind of operated on such a bonkers wavelength. I kind of threw up my hands and 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 didn't mind it, you know. <laughs> I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, you you know, you know, this is the world that we're in now. Um, you know, I I I don't want to steal uh, uh Devin's point, but but she she made a great point on Slack that the, they could have told the same storyline without Ray being Palpatine's granddaughter. Just have her be this gifted Jedi whose power he wants to absorb. And so I feel like, you know, that's an interesting idea. It, I, I do think it gained you a couple things here. I mean, it gains you uh, a big twist reveal. It, it gains you explaining a bit, you know, in terms of Ray's power in the first two movies, why she was so powerful. 
and and it kind of gives a better excuse or more of an excuse for bringing the emperor back in the first place. Uh, I, I would say I, I would say excuse is definitely a pretty strong <laughs> word to, to use there. Um, you know, my my general feeling is that um, you know. I love Ian McDiarmid so much. Um, it, it's frustrating for me the idea of bringing him back in such a way where, for most of the movie, you can't even really see him. Um, you know, to go back to something we, that, that we talked about uh, earlier this year, James. This was kind of like another long night scenario for me, where it's like, how could you bring back someone and shroud them in, you know, kaleidoscopic lightning, and you can't even really see his eyes for most of the performance? Um, so, so that felt like just sort of a poor filmmaking choice um, but I, I do want to go a little deeper into what you were talking about Devin because you I think pretty strongly were the best kind of advocate for the Ray as a regular person idea for me it almost feels like we don't really get <laughs> it's almost like they have to rediscover her motivation two and a half movies oh, yeah. in which is a little strange Right. We in in Last Jedi we get no sense that she's like longing. I mean, she, we get the sense that she wants to know who she is and, and what she can be, but we don't get the sense that she's like really hung up on where she came from and and, and you know in her past. That's very much a Force Awakens storyline that's picked up here. And I, I mean, I've said it time and time again. I'm firmly on on the train for Ray should have been a nobody. Ray, it, I think it would have been so much more powerful if she was if her entire journey to become a Jedi and, and, and tap into her powers was because she wanted to, not because of some great destiny that was out of her hands. Um, I literally just rolled my eyes when, when the Palpatine thing was revealed because it's like, yeah, we've seen this all before. Mm. We've had the, you know, oh my God, the hero is secretly a descendant of our big bad. Like, what? I've never heard that before. It's, just, you know, it's just... It's, <laughs> So it loses its its drama because it just feels like a rerun. And, right. you know, I, I just, I think they redeem themselves a little bit with the final 10 m minutes of the movie where Rey returns to Tatooine and, and decides to sort of, you know, choose her own name and, and name herself a Skywalker. I, I, I That did get to me. That was pretty moving. But I just, I think they could have told this entire story. It's like I was telling James before, like, you could have just said that she's just super powerful and the emperor gets wind of this and he's like oh she's the you know i must i must find her and harvest her power and she's the next uh, or whatever it there there doesn't have to be that familial connection right and and, and yeah. e e even the idea of someone like someone offering her a place is maybe more strong if it's kind of like you know you you're choosing nobody. between these two admittedly you're choosing between the people who are nice to you and the person who lives in a like cemetery full of like <laughs> freaky robe people but, but, but there is still you're, you're, you're <laughs> You're right. You're right. There's still more of a choice to be made there than right. If there's this idea of she's nobody, where does she belong? Right. You know, if she if she has nothing to her name, that her choice to, to decide where to go means so much more versus mm -hmm. any sort of familial tension. Um, chance. Uh, d uh, yes. We've we've got some talk about potential redemption uh, toward the end of of the movie. Um, I, 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 I'd be intrigued to know what your theater's reaction was. The scene where uh, Kylo Ren um, uh, uses the blood of Khan to bring a triple back to life <laughs> and uh, bring Rey back to life, uh, leading to a kiss, leading to his death. That actually elicited some pretty loud laughs in my theater. Um, uh, w w how do you feel about how the movie leaves the two of them? Because I, I feel like that, that in, in the end, their dynamic is maybe the centerpiece of the new trilogy. And so, I, I don't know, I kind of found that ultimately laughable, which is too bad because I, I, I do think that, that especially Kylo Ren had some good moments earlier I I in the series. Um, how did that kind of final act play out for you? 
Um, I, there wasn't much of a reaction in my theater. I don't know. I think everyone in the theater was just sort of just. It's, we, we enjoyed the movie in silence, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, or sorry, watched it in silence. Um, with the Kylo, uh, the Kylo Ren and uh, Ray stuff, personally, I I do like their dynamic a lot. I like both of these actors, especially Adam Driver. I've never been invested in them getting together romantically. Um, I've never shipped them. So the kiss, for me, sort of fell kind of flat too. So I was like, that's not what I wanted from this. I just like the fact that they have this sort of complicated twisty attraction to each other right. um, for reasons that are unexplained or that or that they don't understand I guess um, and so I, I, I was I, w- I would have been perfectly fine had their relationship remained not maybe not platonic but slightly more ambiguous and the kiss was just sort of I don't know kind of unnecessary for me I think yeah um, it, 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 also because I'm also cause I'm like reading for my boy I'm, I'm, I'm reading for my boy Finn too because like Half of his lines are just saying Ray's name in this movie. So like, <laughs> yeah. So so I'm I'm glad you bring that up. Um. So th- this movie is really really jam packed, and I, I want to make sure we have time to talk about just some of the disparate parts because you know I, th- I think fun stuff with Carrie Russell in this movie uh, again. Uh, those really big waves nearby the Death Star are pretty fun to look yes. at. Um. But uh, <laughs> y- you mentioned Finn uh, played again by uh, John Boyega, and there's moments in the movie. Where he he's about to tell Ray something, and I mean, again, I, I just think J.J. Abrams really brought a, a, a tonally calamitous approach to a lot of stuff in this movie. Where I'm honestly not sure what he's going for a lot of the time, but it seems like you're initially meant to read that they're sinking into the quicksand. He has something to tell her. There's some context you're kind of like, is he going to tell her something romantic? I'm not sure. I'm also not sure where this movie stands on him and Rose. That's another story. But I think we're meant to understand he's going to tell her about her ancestry. Was that kind of your read on what was going on there, James? I, I'm, I'm honestly, I, I liked seeing these three together finally, Poe, Ray, and Finn. But I found some aspects of their dynamic a, a little confusing. Um, but did, 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 did you like seeing the kind of main tree? just be a trio in, in, in this movie? Yeah, you know, I I felt that uh, Abrams does a good job of kind of bringing out the actor's uh, natural charisma and 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 the banter, you know, was was fun. You know, the audience I saw, saw it with was a bunch of, you know, critics, you know, were reacting positively to that. Um, <laughs> so, you, you, you know, so, 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 you, you, you know, so, so, so I do feel like it had, it had a bit more, um, uh, you know, a bit more, you know, you know, interpersonal spark than I think that that a lot of uh, Last Jedi did. I, I, th- I think, you know, I mean, for all the people that are now like saying, "Oh, Last Jedi is so good, and this is, is so bad," I think it's like, did you, you know, watch Finn and Poe in Last Jedi? Because both of them were just like, you know, you, you know, flat, you know, right. in in that film, and I think both of them pop better here. You know, I like the idea of that. What Finn wanted to tell Ray being one of those good will never know items, though I also don't discount the the possibility that the writers just simply couldn't, couldn't come up with a good you know button scene you know <laughs> thing to do with it. So so I think either of those things are possible. Um, Devin, uh, how do you feel just in a broader sense about the main trio in this movie? Because there is a lot of the movie that's kind of time spent with them. At times, it almost seemed to me that Oscar Isaac was more or less turning Poe Dameron into Indiana Jones. Basically. Which, which I was yes. kind of in favor of. I mean, like, doesn't he have the one line that's like, bones, I hate bones. Like, um, yeah. but, but, <laughs> There's literally a giant snake, and he's like, oh, no, a snake. Wait, wait, wait. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, and so I, I wasn't averse to 
of that stuff, that feels like a separate kind of movie from what we get towards the end. But, but did, did, did the sort of trio go as an adventure part of the movie? Was that kind of interesting to you? I mean, I think the actual like adventure that they went on was ridiculous. It was like, we're going to find a map and we're going to find a dagger that will lead us to the map and then we're going to go across the... Like, all of that is nonsense. It's the exact same thing they did in Force Awakens where they're like, we need to find a map and here's a bunch of adventures to go on to find the map. Like, it's literally the same story told again, but worse. And so that was frustrating. But I, I like the dynamic between the core three, the, the, the core trio. You know, it's it never ends, it never ceases to fascinate me that, like, Pope Dameron was supposed to be killed off in like the first 20 minutes of The Force Awakens. He was supposed to be dead. He was originally written as dead. And then Oscar Isaac showed up and J.J. Abrams was like, huh, this guy's really charismatic. We should probably keep him around. And now he's like one of the main stars of the trilogy, which I think is fascinating. You know, and I think he carries so much of this with his charisma. I think the trio stuff didn't work nearly as well for me as the as the Kylo Ray stuff. Uh -huh. I, to me, that ends up just being such a more interesting, fascinating partnership. And I am, I am, ter I am, Firmly on the team of having them kiss. I love it. It's great. Okay, you're 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 in favor. And that was my favorite part of the movie, like their dynamic and their their sort of evolution. I went from being someone in the Force Awakens was I was like, ugh, they're gonna set up a romance. <laughs> it's gonna be the worst. To being like, oh man, no, they actually have fantastic chemistry, and and Adam Driver really sells the Ben redemption arc in a way that I never thought yes. I would ever be Agreed. able to like forgive him for for killing Han Solo but I was like oh man I'm actually rooting for this guy like it is completely Adam Driver's performance that sells that for me chance you're you're also I, in favor of, of 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 the Kylo Ren Ben Solo redemption yeah and I totally agree with that but I think it's mostly only because of Adam Driver I think that's I mean Adam Driver for me at least made this movie and like pleasant to watch at times because he's just such an interesting actor making very interesting choices with not interesting material um and I loved, I loved his entire performance. Um, I think he, that's probably the standout for me in this movie. Yeah, um, in general, I do think that Adam Driver certainly, over the course of this trilogy, has continued to reveal himself as an awesome actor. Um, and I, I do like how ultimately his character in this movie gets to do the most, as far as just kind of showing evil, showing good. I'm always going to kind of regret that Abrams clearly just didn't even care about what was going on with him in The Last Jedi. I, 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 I think yes. it's a real diminution yeah. to bring him back and just kind of give him another emperor to simultaneously support and not support. Um, but uh, I, this kind Look, of... I do, I do like the fact that he stayed consistent in the fact that he's trying to kill the past, though, you know? Yes, so. yes, that's true. Ch I, Chance, Chance, this is your and my motto with the Star Wars franchise, apparently. <laughs> is let, let the past die, kill it if you have to. Speaking of which, um, let's go around the horn here, starting with you, James. Uh, Force Ghost, you liked? Force Ghost, you didn't like. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, Force Ghost, I like. Force Ghost, I I, I didn't like. You know, it, I thought it would actually be a lot more Force Ghost heavy. Um, you you thought know, it'd be more I, Force I, Ghost I, I, heavy? I was, how many huh? Force Ghosts? This is the most. This is the most Force Ghosts in any movie. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there was no. I expected like, I half expected visual apparitions of of Yoda and and Anakin. You know, so I, I was really expecting it to be like gangs all, all here. There's a lot of um, people yes. in this movie. Yes, there are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, 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 to me, you know, speak of ghosts. You know, I mean, to me, uh, Lando back you know and and i i've barely thought of him since seeing the movie i just felt like he was kind of wasted i i there was no reason that particular character had to be lando 
uh, you know, it could have been any number of people helping the resistance kind of in that role. Uh, so so I, I, th I thought that was a bit of a disappointment. Um, well, as, as a lost fan, of course, I, I appreciated that, that Mr. Lashade himself uh, made an appearance here. But yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sort of with you. Um, to answer my own question, I would say uh, Han Solo's appearance, shockingly for me, was actually the most effective. Uh, yeah. of, uh, of was that a Force of... Ghost, really, though? That, that yeah, was more like a force, memory, so, so I didn't uh, put him in the same category in my yeah, head. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio thought really hard about the, the, the difference there. But no, um, you know, I, I actually thought that uh, seeing Harrison Ford back in this role, um, in that moment, I, I think, again, just because the Kylo Ren stuff was maybe the most interesting for me, um, I, I found that actually to be a really nice, relatively subdued moment. Um, conversely, I, I had I had a real issue and a real long walk with the General Leia stuff in this movie. Um, and, you know, I've talked to all of you guys about how, you know, I, I love the Carrie Fisher stuff in Last Jedi for me is often extremely moving, even when not very much is happening. Um, and so having that character be so central in this movie, um, using a mixture of effects and narrative structures that I'm not sure were really that helpful. Um, I, I found it to be not, um, I, I found it very difficult to watch in the wrong way. Uh, Devin, um, thoughts on Leia or just kind of more broadly, how the old characters uh, re reappeared in this movie? It, it kind of broke my heart, the Leia stuff a little bit, because you know they, they always talked about how, how they were kind of anticipating the new trilogy to be Force Awakens was Han's movie, uh, Last Jedi is Luke's movie, and Rise of Skywalker was supposed to be Leia's movie, but obviously Carrie Fisher passed away before the, it could be completed. So you know, you the thing that frustrated, I'm glad that she had as much of a, a pivotal role as she did. I'm glad they didn't just kill her off in the opening crawl. But I it just it felt clunky to me in a way. The writing you could you could see the seams where they where it was like, oh, this is definitely footage that they filmed from this scene and then they're kind of placing it in here and sort of cobbling together dialogue. It just didn't feel like it served the narrative in a way that felt authentic. Um, I will say I really love I'm with you. I, I thought Harrison Ford's reappearance was one of the most moving parts and I think, you know, I was talking to our, our colleague Christian Hollow about this and he said something interesting. He said, I think that was pretty much like the only reason Harrison Ford came back to do that was sort of as his tribute to Carrie is because yeah. like that would have been a perfect scene for Carrie to have performed. But mm -hmm. you know, Harrison coming back and doing it and, and he really giving it his all like felt like a really lovely kind of tribute to them and their sort of on screen partnership. And yeah. so I that that I found very moving. Yeah, it's it's it, it's resonant in, in in the right way, whereas and you know, as much as I, I really do love the kind of performer that Mark Hamill has become, but love it. Kind of bringing him back in this way where it's partially kinda of, I mean, at one point directly recreating a moment from Empire Strikes Back, right down to the music with the X Wing coming out and just more broad kind of over-explaining the Force in a way that he specifically was not doing in the previous film. Um, I, I found that to be a little uh, hard to take. Uh, Chance, you're, 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 you're sighing. Um, force ghosts in a movie heavy on Force ghosts. Uh, um, I agree with you on with, uh, with Harrison Ford. I like seeing him. I, but my favorite Force ghosts, you didn't even see them, you just heard them. Um, Anakin and uh, Mace Windu in like you, you you heard their voices when Ray's feeling the forest towards the end. Um, I love that the most because <laughs> again, love Run to the Sith and justice for Mace Windu. Um, but <laughs> least favorite, I think, uh, probably was the Luke stuff. Um, and I agree with Devin about the way that they handled Carrie Fisher in this. While it was nice that she was so central, it sort of I agree with Devin that it felt very clunky and didn't completely work for me. Like I honestly would have preferred 
that they had sort of not even tr- like had they just let Leia just sort of like disappear into the background throughout the movie instead of actually showing her dying, which I that I, I think and I just didn't like the way that they sort of made a point of showing us her showing her dying in the film, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it just felt like I mean, you know, on a broader, felt very sweaty. Yeah, and I think just on a on a purely kind of cinematic level, um, you know, the idea of building a, of building a film as a monument and, and a memorial to to a performer and, and to a character, um, you know, I, I think there's something very sincere about that. Um, I think doing that just the way that they did it, it feels a little close to the Moff Tarkin stuff in Rogue One to me, where you know you're not you, you're not really doing something something inventive so much as just kind of papering over the cracks of not having this person around anymore to film. Um, I, I'm going to throw something out that James has already heard that uh, as someone who didn't like this movie almost made me like it. Um, unless I'm wrong, the bad guys in this final Star Wars movie are a phantom menace of Sith clones who are repairing, who, who are preparing a revenge attack, oh my God. which is a, a literal people <laughs> word salad of titles. Um, and uh, I, I, again, uh, I want to just jump right to the final showdown, which gets Sith as hell. Um, I, I. I, I do think there's something so weird and dumb and fascinating in the idea of it all kind of just coming down to Palpatine absorbing energy out of Kylo Ren and Rey, and Rey kind of like then, you know, we, we, we reach this end point where um, we're kind of just told that like Palpatine is every Sith person ever and Rey is every Jedi ever. Um, that didn't really hit for me so much, but but James, like, was that something that did really work for you in the movie? The, the kind of the kind of m- making the callbacks central to the final showdown. Um, I, I I sense that like what they were going for there was you know we're ending this story completely, so everybody is here. W- was that something like your Hayden Christensen's and Liam Neeson's appearing? Um, was that kind of something that, that ultimately worked for you in the final showdown? I mean, I guess. I, I guess I didn't really care that much about that. I, I, I didn't. I didn't really care about needing to have you know everybody back. I did think it was weird that the emperor was like. It, I mean, what in the first scene wasn't he like killed the girl, and then okay, then how is that the plan? If the what, 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 what if Kylo had done went off and went okay, killed her. Okay, then doesn't that spoil his plan in in Act Three? Um, so that was a little odd. But you know what I did care about was uh, the confrontation there of of, of, of Palpatine and um, and and Ray and Kylo. And there's a couple moments in there where he's like, you know, you know, you know, strike me down and and therefore and, and then and then I win. And then you, she's standing there and you're like, well, what does she do? <laughs> you know? And and as a viewer, I love that because I'm like, I, I don't know what she can do. And when the uh, and when the when the sky opened up and, and he and he threw out a new trick with his you know lightning hands you know doing the EMP on, on all the ships I'm like <laughs> that was cool too, and uh, so yeah there are several moments there where I was like I don't see how they're go- it, it's it's that classic thing that you want in, in a final confront- confrontation where things are looking really bad for the heroes you don't see how they're possibly going to get out of it and then you know they end up figuring a way out of it that that didn't feel like like too much of a cheat to me. Well, and, you know, what you're describing there, um, you know, I I do like how the showdown kind of honors this idea of 
um, there's always a military story and there's always a force story and, and they kind of go hand in hand but also they're kind of in their own separate spheres um, again for me the, the, the Palpatine stuff w w once he starts absorbing life juice that, that's when I kind of tune out a little bit um, but uh, I, I was a little genuinely the one part of the last half hour that kind of worked for me on a purely emotional level was um, when you think that the resistance is all dead uh, poor Greg Grunberg finally bites the dust after three movies after after three movies of almost being the X-wing pilot who gets or, or the A-wing pilot or uh, uh, whatever wing he is um, he dies um, and then uh, you, you find out that there are uh, not not a dozen ships not a hundred ships but by my count a million ships that have appeared to help them um, and then the Star Wars soundtrack swoops in I, I liked that even if even if it's so frustrating that that is literally the exact same plot as Last Jedi with a happier ending. Um, yeah. You know, am I right? Isn't that kind of the whole thing in Last Jedi? Is They're like, like, there's no one the coming. Call. You know, put out the call. There's no one coming. Well, in this one, the Dunkirk boats show up, and yes. it actually happens. Well, well, and and not just the Dunkirk boats. It is as if an entire fleet has oh, yeah. has, has, has yeah. shown up. Um, and 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 again, just to think of like throwing logic out the window, the, the idea there seems to be, and you know, the movie's going for this kind of sentimental idea of like, you know, well, you know, there's more of us than there are of them, and, and I, I do sort of, you know, I, I think that's a good message to, to put out, but the idea of like, well, they didn't come last time when there was one ship chasing us, but they are going to come when there's a hundred Death right? Star level Star Destroyers, I found that I, a little difficult I mean, if, to handle. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to go down that road, there. I mean, it, this is, movie definitely works better the less that you think about it. There, there's, 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 there, there, there's just so many things. I mean, like one of the things for, from your review that I, I really loved was was the idea that that all they needed to do on the Star Destroyer was was tilt it to the left and all those space horses would have gone tumbling off into the atmosphere. <laughs> and again, though, you know, to, to circle back to something you said earlier, James, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not averse to excess as just being like like a central charm of a movie. Um, the, only thing I, the only thing I can really compare this movie to is like the later Pirates of the Caribbean movies where it's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, there's like a thousand things happening on screen. Um, um, you know, we, we we get the new character who you find out is also another former stormtrooper, and you know, I I think that's kind of a whole movie unto itself. The idea of like you know, from what I gather, the entire first order is maybe just brainwashed kids grown up into fascism, which is a deeply disturbing thing to throw into yeah. the, 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 the the kind of side Particularly. of the movie. Um, we're, we are, yeah, to throw into Chance, as you said, into a kid's movie. <laughs> is, this, is this a deeply self-aware Disney movie, Chance? Like, I, I don't know. That, that was the main point that I was thinking about after the end of the movie. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it is software at all. I mean, it's it's a very because uh, I, I I don't think I don't see how you could be and create something that's so just trapped and tra like chained by nostalgia with no recognition, with no sort of attempt to sort of grapple with any of it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, I want to go around quickly. We're, we're, we're at the point where I, I, I want to just start throwing out things. Again, there was a lot in the movie. Uh, but Carrie Russell... Um, I think had a super fun, turned out to be kind of maybe a cameo, um, but her dynamic with Poe Dameron playing, was she the droid smith or was she the person who was kind of working with the droid She's smith? working with the tell. droid smith. So she was just the kind of- The droid smith was Babu Frick, who is delightful and small. Yes. Honestly, 10 out of 10, love Babu Frick. You're, okay, okay, Babu Frick fandom is happening. Was is, you, it's was, real. He was the BB-8 breakout of, uh, of, he of the really movie was. for you? He really was, because D.O., the new droid voiced actually by J.J. Abrams, not my favorite. Kind of unnecessary. Sort of a Forky, can we say? Was that was that his? Was that his? <laughs> it, 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 it turns out that like Forky is like a new archetype in movies. Um, Love it. Um, yeah, I, I with with Babu Frick and with what's the new droid's name? Dio. Dio. Um, uh, with both of them, I think it was just the pile up didn't really help matters because you already had BB-8 and R2 and a surprising amount of three PO in the movie. Um, the three PO stuff was great. Yeah, I yeah, mean. So- it, um, well, James, so uh, uh, can you kind of talk about, because we sort of got the full 3PO here in terms of comedy and drama. Um, um, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't think we've ever had a Star Wars movie with as many good lines for that character. And, um, and it's interesting because if you look back at A New Hope, basically the first 15 minutes is, is a C-3PO monologue, which is just bonkers <laughs> when you think about it. You know, just <laughs> the, the idea you launch... A huge science fiction gamble, and the first you know act is, is basically this expressionless robot, you know, you, you know, monologuing the, the, the entire time. Yeah. Um, it, which is one of the, the biggest risks of the original movie that I, I think think a lot of people forget. So it, you know, it all kind of hung on, on believing it, engaging with that character. So so I, I was I was glad to see Anthony Daniels get some cool stuff to play in this one. Yeah, I think I, I think so well spoken. I, I was thinking a lot in this movie about Anthony Daniels, you know, giving this performance, um, and even how like I mean, you know. It's interesting to me that, like, you know, although he's never appeared really on, on screen, certainly not, in, you know, with his face in character, um, even kind of hearing his voice over the course of rewatching all these movies recently, hearing it kind of age, and I don't know that there was a real when he kind of gives his big monologue in this movie about how you know he 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 chooses to have his memory wiped to save the galaxy basically i was very moved by that uh, of course this is a movie where then the memory does not ultimately wind up being wiped forever which is a big uh, uh sticking point for me um but uh, uh chance we're just kind of throwing out stuff here anything else from rise of skywalker that stood out to you either in terms of being on its own kind of interesting being on its own representative of, of larger problems w- with the movie well, you mentioned Carrie Russell, and I liked her too, but again, it's the Mandalorian problem. It's like you cast an actress like Carrie Russell, like someone who is also pretty charismatic and expressive with her face, and you don't show it at all. Why do that? Well, but okay, I, I did like how, again, maybe it's just because it's the one aspect of the movie that is like subdued, um, but her kind of dialogue with Oscar Isaac, um, 
where they are talking about, I'm forgetting the term, but they say that like the hyperspace pathways are closed or something like that. Do you guys remember this? I mean, yeah, I, it's, yeah. It's, it's basically oh, saying, yeah, the blockade. Wait, 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 wait. I, I mean, and you know, it's, it's, it's to me the best kind of silly where it's like, it's space, you could get, there's no way to blockade everything, but the idea of like, kind of this character feeling trapped, and even that's the point where she kind of opens up her visor and you only see her eyes. I actually liked that a little bit. Um, you know, again, I, I think that if I can corral all of us together, it sounds like stuff we liked about this movie or stuff we didn't like was the sense of just this being a gigantic conglomeration of too much stuff. Um, whether you like some of it or ultimately feel like it, it doesn't all connect. Uh, I, I'm very intrigued to see how this movie kind of does and even kind of where the franchise goes from here. I mean, James, do you think that this really is the end for this mainline saga? Um, no. Or, or what's, what's, your over, <laughs> what's your over under on the continuation, um, at least with the characters of the sequel trilogy into more, more films? I think that the, those lightsabers being buried um, outside uh, uh, Skywalker's ancestral home in Tatooine, I, I think that that's... I think that scene is almost like a favor from JJ to Disney. It's like, because you know, at some point in some movie or some TV show, somebody's coming up and digging up those lightsabers. You, you yeah. think that, that at, at, at some point in, in the future, Chance, um, uh, I, I, I do want to get an over-under from, from everyone here. Uh, I'm betting we see Daisy Ridley come back for a movie or a Disney Plus show uh, within five years. Um, do, do, do you think that, that this saga itself will be sequelized, or, or do you think it's more kind of like what James was saying, someone in some far future thousand year returns to Tatooine and, and finds um, two blue lightsabers, I, I, I believe? Yeah, um, I definitely do think that we'll see Ray or Daisy Ridley again as Ray sooner than they're saying we will. Or um, and also, I would be fine with that because I do like Daisy in this role. Like, actually, I was talking to um, a friend after the movie, and I was like, you know, I would watch a show with Daisy Ridley as Ray, just doing everyday Jedi stuff. You know, right. just like a Jedi procedural. I'd watch it. So I'm definitely with you on like five years, probably <laughs> in some form. I'm very intrigued with the Jedi procedural, and I, I I'm kind of with you a little bit. Um, it's honestly hard for me to tell if Daisy Ridley is a good performer because I think a lot of these movies are just kind of her being pretty pensive and almost kind of waiting for a character to play. I, I, I am. Again, this this kind of goes back to the Pirates of the Caribbean thing for me, where like Pirates of the Caribbean three at World's End kind of seems to end with a tease for more adventures, where you're kind of like, this was a three hour movie that ended a trilogy. How is that possible? <laughs> but but like that's kind of where we leave off with her. I mean, she has her own pretty cool looking yellow lightsaber. Um, you know, she kind of is maybe finally ready to go and do her own stuff, which I'd have been happy to see earlier. Uh, um, Devin, is that something you'd be interested in? Like, what's the broader legacy of this trilogy, which seems to be so much about the legacy of other trilogies? You know, it's interesting. So so I was at the premiere, and, and Kathy Kennedy came out and spoke beforehand, and she said, you know, thank you all for coming to the end of the Skywalker saga. You know, well, may, maybe, we'll we'll see. You she know, said that. No, she was like, well, she's like, and this will be the last you see the Skywalker. She's like, well, maybe. Maybe we'll see some of them again someday. Like she straight up was like very much leaving the door open. Uh -huh. um, so like, I mean, as far as we know, all the Skywalkers are dead, except for Rey, who is now a Skywalker, but not by blood. So um, I don't know. I, I think there are, I think they're gonna be making these movies till we die um, mm -hmm. for one thing. But I, I, I think the one thing I would be down for, um, 
like an Oscar Isaac Disney Plus show. Mm-hmm. I would watch the hell mm-hmm. out of that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're doing um, a Disney Plus show focusing on Diego Luna's uh, Rogue One character. Cassian they're do- Andor, yeah. They're doing one uh, focused on Ewan McGregor as, as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, I, I think there would be a really fun um, Poe Dameron show in there. Right. The, the, like, we talking, like, post-war Poe Dameron? Yeah, we talking, like, Poe Dameron in his criminal, uh, in his somewhat spice criminal days. In his spice runner days. <laughs> I like the idea of him, you know, the way, the way Mandalorian is supposed to be sort of in the lawlessness of, of post-Empire fall, I would be curious to know sort of what does what happens after the fall of the First Order. That is going to wrap it up for this episode of Star Wars Untold Stories. Uh, we do want to hear what everybody out there thinks about the movie. It's fair to say that uh, as with um, Last Jedi, certainly there's going to be a lot of conversation around Rise of Skywalker and the decisions it makes. Guys, it wasn't as bad as Rogue One. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, everyone out there, um, I hope you continue to go to EW.com to read all of James's awesome coverage of of uh, this movie, uh, of, of which there's going to be quite a bit this weekend, and also to see uh, what's coming up with his coverage in The Mandalorian, which uh, is, is approaching its season finale. Uh, potentially more helmets than ever coming up. Um, uh, everyone can find us on Twitter. I'm at Darren Franich. James is at James Hibbard. Devin is at Devin Coven. Chance is at Chancellor Agard. Uh, guys, thanks so much for uh, being here this week to talk about the movie. Uh, listeners, if you liked what you've heard and want to hear more, you can give us a rating, give us a review. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, wherever you find the podcasts you listen to. Uh, hoping to do more of Star Wars Untold Story in the new year. There's no shortage of things to discuss and no shortage of movies to rewatch. Um, I have spoken. 